Do you struggle with finding endorsers for your book? If you have endorsers, are they the best choice for your book? Today's episode provides you with the six top tips to find and utilize the best endorsements for your book. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so very glad that you're listening in. During this episode, you'll learn the top six tips to finding and utilizing book endorsements. My industry expert is Jenny Brandt. Jenny is a speaker and writer who grew up in our nation's capital. Her award-winning book, Finding True Freedom, was endorsed by Chuck Colson. Her recent book, Unleash Your God-Given Healing, has won five awards. Both books received media interviews nationwide. Jenny has also written over 200 articles. Jenny, welcome to Your Best Writing Life. Thank you, Linda. It is great to be here. And thank you for doing this from the Blue Ridge Mountain Writers Conference. I tell you, we love our conference. We love the opportunity to equip writers who come to not only our conference, but conferences that are worldwide. We want the best for them so that they can have their best writing life. That's what we want. So, Jenny, if you would, would you just take a moment and share with our audience a little bit about your writing journey, please. Well, Linda, I have to be honest with you. I am not the most likely writer or speaker because I grew up in an introverted shell. I hid behind my mother and my sister's coattail. And when I got to school, I struggled to learn to read and write and I stuttered. And all these things do not make a good writer and a speaker, but it just shows the power of God. When I gave my life to Jesus, things began to change a little bit by little bit in my life. And one of the first writing opportunities I got was when the Baptist, uh, Baptist press guy in our state asked me, I was going to Israel with the mission board and all over the Middle East. And he said, would you write a four-part series when you get back? And I said, oh, okay, sure I can. And so I wrote that four-part series and it sold very well. And people were asking questions. And then I went to China and he said, I just gotten back from going from underground church in China to underground church and all these things about this country that people didn't know. And he said, would you do a, a four-part series on the underground church? And I did. <laughs> and it did very well. And so now this guy was helping me to correct it because, you know, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And so really my writing story and my writing process has come from people like at 
Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference, coming alongside of me and mentoring me and helping me and teaching me. Because certainly this is stuff you don't learn in your English class when you're going through high school you know, mm, so or, good. or college, you know, and so I needed a lot of help. And I've always gotten that help from writers conferences. So that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, we are certainly glad that you have stuck to it, and that you are with us here today, because you're going to be sharing some of the tips that have made your books very successful, especially when it comes to the arena a book endorsements, and I am so looking forward to what you're bringing to the table today. Folks, we're going to be looking at the top six tips to finding and utilizing book endorsements. So the first thing we're going to cover are the top three tips to finding endorsers. Then we're going to look at the top three tips to utilizing your endorsements. Oh, this is going to be so good. Make sure that you're taking notes, folks. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Well, Jenny, let's start. You say the first tip to finding endorsers, we need to begin with prayer. Share that with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Because, you know, there are so many difficult things about writing a book and you need prayer and guidance in every part of it. And this is just one of those parts that is critical to validating this story. And so... I prayed about, Lord, guide me who these people should be and open the doors. Some of these people were difficult to get to. Some were not as difficult. But the point is, it was up to God to open the doors as I tried to knock on the doors. You know, some doors would close. Some doors would would open. And that's part of the process that the Lord guides you through as you're trying to decide, first of all, who should these endorsers be? And then second of all, how you go about trying to get their endorsement for your book. Mm, That is so true. And that is, I mean, directly from scripture that God will open the doors no man can close and he will close the doors no man can open. And I've said again and again and again in my walk as a speaker, as a writer, Father, if you open the doors, I'm going to walk through them. And if you close the doors, I'm not going to look for a key. So whatever he chooses, that's the road that we go. And the communication is through prayer. So we have got to do that first, everybody. We're looking for endorsers. He already knows who they are. So go to him in prayer. Excellent. The second tip is to utilize the contacts of other people who know other people. Share with us. Yes. Well, now, some of these people I did not know. As a matter of fact, when I was looking for endorsements for my Unleash Your God-Given Healing book, I was told right off the bat, if you don't have some powerful endorsements, including a forward written by an oncologist, then, you know, it's going to be hard to get this book published. And so my cancer hospital that I was treated at had a policy. I was their rock star cancer patient. They bragged about me till kingdom come. And when I went to them, they said, oh, we have a board policy against this. We cannot endorse any cancer patients books. And I was like, how am I going to get this? So number one, I'm praying about it. Lord, who are you going to provide for me? How am I going to get this? And then I get this call one day 
from a friend and he said, I really need to connect you with Dr. Elliot. And I said, uh, why do I need to connect with Dr. Elliot? He said, because he's an oncologist. He's a medical research. He teaches at Tulane University uh, Medical School. He is on the cutting edge of cancer. And I can tell by what you say and what he says that you two are on the same wavelength. And I said, I need an endorser or someone to write the forward. And he said, let me connect you. I mean, that was from someone else knowing someone that, and I had no way to provide that. And it was just an answer to prayer through another person willing to help me. And the door seemed to be closed. Oh, when, absolutely. When at your hospital, they said, oh, sorry, we can't do that. Ah, we might have looked at it as, oh, that's a closed door. I won't move at all. You went straight back to prayer and said, Lord, that door is closed. What am I to do? And he brought the answer. It doesn't mean if a door closes, it doesn't mean that we stop. It means that we look for another door. And that's what you did. So utilizing the context of people who know people that we don't know. Part of that is letting people know that what we're looking for. So we've got to be verbal about what we're seeking. Father says that, you know, you have not because you haven't asked. So we've got to be able to ask as well. The third tip that you have for us, Jenny, is to be able to find endorsers, go with the direct contact of endorsers that we know personally. Share how that worked for you. Well, it's because I'm shy and introverted. That's something that never totally leaves you. It's hard for me to ask people to help me, but I had to get the courage to let people know what I was doing, whether it was the first book about my my father that went from a political strategist to a kingdom strategist and helped in in world missions, or whether it was about this cancer book. I had to let people know what I was doing, get them on board, and then ask them if they'd be willing to look at the book for an endorsement. So again, I made a list of people, I prayed about it, and you have to be really, really patient because some of these people are not easy to find. In my first book, the leader of the underground church in Romania that my father teamed up with had left the country. He was in the United States. Nobody knew where he was. It took me a year to find him. I had to be persistent. And when he finally gave me his endorsement, this is just one line from it. Listen to this. He said, in nine short years, Harry Dent did more for the Romanian people than any other American I know. You see, my Mm. father helped their country to come to freedom after communism and the underground church to plant on the surface. And so I was so glad that I had Googled and searched and done so much for a year trying to find this guy. And then when I saw his endorsement, I realized God wanted me to find him you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's this direct contact, you know, sometimes it's hunting and, you know, going down this rabbit trail, trying to find people that are, that are difficult to find. But when you make that list, if you feel strongly about it, keep looking. Some people would say, oh, give up on him. And I said, I am not giving up. He is critical to the story. In the Finding True Freedom story, which is a political uh, memoir that ends up on a very much a spiritual tune, uh, it was important that it have validation. 
Because a lot of people would read the story or hear me give the story and they'd say, that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Could that all possibly be true? So Mm. I knew I was facing that in writing the book. It even went to screenplay at one point. And some of the people looking at the screenplay said, this is the most amazing story I've ever heard. These are people in Hollywood. And they said, it couldn't possibly all be true. This woman's, he, she, how, you know, how does she really think this could be true? Mm. That, you know, she's got stars in her eyes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is what God did. So the whole premise behind that book is I realized I've got to validate that what God did in this book is true. Mm. And the endorsers, most of them, not all of them, were part of the validating process. Here's Chuck Mm. Colson, who knew the story because he was in the Watergate trials with my dad. He was my dad's comrade who worked with President Nixon. And so he saw my father before he was a Christian. Of course, we knew him before he was a Christian too. And then he saw my father after the transformation and then what he did in Romania. So he knew the whole story. Mm. Perfect person to be the cover endorser. Validation, right? Mm. And so then you've got the leader of the underground church, the uh, Episcopal evangelist my father first went to Romania with when he bonded with the underground church. And so you've got all these people that are part of the story. And when it came to writing the forward, which we'll get to in a little bit, it needed to be someone who personally knew the story and could write from their Mm. heart. But Mm. again, it's validation, validation, validation. That's right. Finding those who know you're not having to convince them. They already know. They know it. And having patience. I I have a line that says having patience is not just for doctors. I mean, it is important for all of us to have the type of patience to be persistent in who we need to have, especially if you have made that list of endorsers and you know in your heart of hearts This is someone who needs to be one of the endorsers. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to bide my time and God is going to open the door. So that's very powerful. So what we do, folks, we pray. We contact people who know other people than we do. And then we make direct contact with endorsers who know the story personally Validate, validate, validate. That's so good. Very, very good. All right. Now, the second part. Let's look at the top three tips to utilizing the endorsements that we have, where they fit, the best resource in the best place. And you say that it takes a village to write, validate, and market, especially a nonfiction book. Your first tip, you say that endorsers can be used to validate and market a book. Take us there. How does that work? You know, they say that the cover of your book is your best marketing tool. And I really believe that in what the title, what goes on that cover, and who writes the forward can be at the bottom. And the cover endorser is sometimes at the top. And the hardest cover endorser to get at the time I was writing this book was who I had chosen for that, and that was Chuck Colson. And fortunately, Chuck Colson had called me after my father died to express his condolences, and I told him I was going to write a book. And he said, 
call me back before you do that because I want to give you some instructions that I've learned from writing books. Well, that was an mm. open invitation. But yeah. to have Chuck Colson on the cover of your book, to have his name, was like having a very marketable piece of real estate. Mm. And several of the publishers that were looking at the book told me, it's a, it's a go from us if you can get him as your cover endorser. Well, his answer when I finally asked him was, Jenny, I get 2,000 requests a year. I only do two a year. My ministry allows me to do two, and it must meet this requirement. And he gave me a list of about 10 requirements. I mean, for someone who's never written a memoir before, right? I've Mm. got to figure out how to get up to this quality. It made me quite nervous, but I let my publisher know that this is what Chuck Colson requires. And if we want him up here, you're going to have to help me to get it there. And so when he finally got the book and it was finished for him to proof it, he loved it. He said, Mm. you had the thread just like I told you, you did this, you did that. He said, it's well documented. He said, I could not disagree with anything you said in the book, theologically or politically. And he Mm. said, that is great. Of course, I learned some things from your book that I did not know, but you backed it up with footnote documentation. He was thrilled to do it and he did endorse it endorse it. But let me tell you the mistake that my publisher made. If you look at my book cover, his name is so small and the wording is so light, you barely know that Chuck Colson was my cover endorser. Mm. (laughs) So that was a huge mistake. His name should have been bolded. It should have been bigger so that people saw, because one of the best selling points of a book is if you could have Chuck Colson's name on the cover. So you live and you learn, you know, we should have done that. I should have made the, you know, I should have given that feedback to the publisher. I didn't know any better at the time. Now I know better. The publisher even told me, he said, oh gosh, that was the biggest mistake we've ever made in our, we've never had an endorsement like that on one of our books and we should have made it bigger and bolder. So Mm. lesson learned. Mm. Lesson learned. And you say that it can also help market. And I'm thinking if it has his name on it, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's going to go to some people that maybe it wouldn't have gone to before, right? Yes. And I used it in my book trailer. Some of my key marketers, I mean, some of my key endorsers, like Mike Huckabee and some world mission leaders, they were on, they were uh, quoted in the book trailer that was made nice. on my book. Not their whole endorsement. It's too long. Just like, you know, five or 10 words. Sure. And so, and then I could put them on with their picture. I had a slideshow on my um, webpage that showed the endorsements and the key things that they said. And I could also post that on Facebook. So yes, you're using these endorsers and what they said to market your book. Oh, that's so good. And that's what we want. We do want to make sure that we pull those quotable quotes and that we have enough from our endorsers. You know, I would always tell people, no, write what you feel. May I take some of this out and I'll send it to you as a quote that I'm going to be using, but write what you really feel. And there's times I can get a few usable quotes from one endorsement, which I really like. And, you know, we can, we can set fire to a book if we have multiple phrases coming from powerful people. So the first tip, endorsers can be used to validate and market a book. And the second tip, choose endorsers 
who bring different perspectives related to your book's message. I like that. Let's talk about that. When you look at my book, Unleash Your God-Given Healing, like I say, it was critical that it have an oncologist to write the foreword and that it have doctors to endorse it, but not just doctors. You also needed spiritual leaders, pastors, well-known pastors who deal with cancer on an everyday basis. There's no one that hears more about cancer than a pastor who is the person that people go to when they are diagnosed. So it needed to be spiritual leaders, it needed to be doctors, and then there's the cancer patients. Now, an interesting story about my book, one of the publishers that was first to jump in and look at the book that seriously considered it, the man that I submitted it to, his wife had just been diagnosed with cancer. So he skims the book and he goes, hmm, this is interesting. wonder what my wife, who's just been diagnosed, would say about this book. So he gives it to his wife to read, and she pours through it, and she comes back to him, and she says, this is the best thing you could have given me while I have this diagnosis, because my first question is, what can I do as a cancer patient to make my prognosis better? And she answers it all with research and with top medical doctors, and it's well-documented, and it's simple. She said, this is I love this book. So when it went to committee, it's his wife that wrote up the two-page report to tell the book to the committee. Oh, wow. So these things were important. Well, I used part of what she said as an endorsement with their permission. And this is what she said. And this is what you want because you want a cancer patient to be able to get this from it. Jenny helped lift my haze of confusion with a biblical integrative approach and well-documented research Her book provides a solid game plan for battling cancer and preventing recurrence. Exactly what you would want. And then this other thing about writing a forward, this, you know, the third thing here that we're talking about is it's important who writes that forward because they introduce the book, they give your uh, qualifications as a writer, and they set up the book for other people to read it. And again, it's validation, validation, validation. And this book, without an oncologist validating the material, was going to go nowhere. And when Dr. Yeah. Robert Elliott, through this person, uh, said he would he would endorse the book and write the foreword, this was big. And then one of the publishing companies said, oh, if he'd do a little more, it would really help. I said, what do you mean? They said, Could he write a commentary, a paragraph or two in each of the major chapters, validating what you're saying, even though you've already validated it with footnotes? So I went back with him and bless his heart, he did it. Again, Linda, validation, validation, validation. I'd like us to take a moment here, Jenny. We'll get to that third point in a minute as well, because it's kind of woven all the way through and because it is, it all ties together. We have to be thinking of endorsers. We have to be thinking of who's going to write the forward. We have to be thinking of all of this in the process of our writing, because it really is going to open up avenues that maybe we hadn't considered prior to. So we're looking at endorsements. Can you share with me your thoughts on the purpose of an endorsement? Because I think people have different ideas of what an endorsement 
is. And I'd like to just get your thoughts on that. It's someone who has read the book that can validate either the content or the message behind it and that it's well written. You know, when you have a fiction book, they're endorsing, oh, you might get a fiction writer who's in your field and they say, wow, I love, you know, this, this book. And they're getting Lynette Eason to endorse their book because she's a well-known fiction writer and they are not as, as well-known. And so sometimes it's, you know, that it's, it's well-written. But like I say, in my case, the content needed to be validated. The fact that I'm saying this is what a cancer patient should do. Here's what the doctor does. I don't have any control over that. They do what they do. I'm doing what I can do. And together we're working together to beat cancer. But I needed validation of that. Who Mm. in the world am I to say that? I'm not a doctor. I'm a counselor. I was trained in research in my PhD program, which I didn't finish because my twins were born in the middle of it. But the point (laughs) is, you know, who am I to be saying this? How can I comb through the medical research like this with, with such ease? And it wasn't with such ease. But the point is, you know, who am I to say this? And so I'm speaking from the cancer patient's perspective. Therefore, because I'm talking about things that need to be researched medically, I've got to provide that research and as many doctors as I can get to say, yes, mm. if a cancer patient does this, their prognosis is going to go up. Because the book is all about preventing cancer, surviving the journey, and preventing it from coming back. It is what the patient does. It is not what the doctor does. Mm. Mm. And this is, so this is what you are telling us right now. The endorsers are the ones who can validate the content. They can validate the writing. Maybe you can get an author of nonfiction who is an award-winning author and their endorsement is some of the best words of encouragement that I have read in a long time. I mean, something about the writing process, which I think is quite valid. And Uh then you have those that have gone through or that are going through cancer or that, oh, cancer is brand new to them. They go through the book just as you have done and they see results. Those individuals, then when I pick up your book and I go, wait a minute, this is someone who utilized already what it is that's in the book and they've seen success. I love that That's how you are basically justifying the endorsements, the purpose. Right. So, Linda, the front of the book has Dr. Elliot on the front, and that had to be there. And I made his name bigger and bolder. (laughs) So I didn't make that mistake again. But on the back, there was only three on the paperback for three of the other endorsers. And that was one doctor and two cancer patients Mm. that had the best wording about how it impacted their life. One Mm. was a, I just got cancer. And wow, this is helping me. And the other one was, I used this and my doctors at MD Anderson said, you know, so yes, yes, you want people to validate and you want them to be authentic. You know, if someone didn't, didn't read the book and they just get, gave you something to say, you know, people can kind of see through that by what they say sometimes. Right. It is important that it validates and it is authentic. Very good. Very good. Then our third tip for the portion that we're looking at here to the 
third tip in utilizing endorsements. And let's go to that forward. You say we must be intentional in who we choose to write the forward and also the purpose of a forward. I will tell you, I have read some forwards and the individual who wrote the forward, they talk all about themselves. And I'm going, that has, that doesn't tell me anything about why I should be picking up this book. So being able to have a forward that moves the reader (laughs) forward into reading the content of your book, that is key in my eyes is to have that person who says, look, this is what I do. This is what I've seen, and you need to read this book. Tell me about being intentional in who you choose to write the forward. The forward in my first book, Finding True Freedom, you know, that God revealed to me that I should ask, and he immediately responded, was Robertson McQuilkin. He was the former president of Columbia International University. And I went there as a student when it was a Bible college. And those professors and that Bible college president knew the pressures and the persecution I was under, and they were praying for me. Mm. And when God worked a miracle in my father's life, and they saw the transformation from political strategist to kingdom strategist, one of the first men that Mm. came forward and said, I will mentor you if you'll have me, was Robertson McQuilkin the president of that Bible college. My dad ended up going to that Bible college, but he took my dad under his wing and personally mentored him. Who do you think I chose to write the forward? So he's told me that he has never spent more time on writing a forward than he did on this book. And it was so dear to his heart. He lost his wife to Alzheimer's and he is known for a promise kept the book he wrote. And he also mentored us as we went through that with my father. So he knew the whole story right, from beginning to end. And it was dear to his heart. And you can tell by reading the forward how close this was to his heart. And that's what we need to find. This individual, this person who is passionate about the content that we are providing to our readers They may not be writing exactly what we write. They may not be walking through exactly what we've walked through, what we're sharing with our readers, but they are someone who has an interest beyond just saying that they wrote a forward in someone's book. There has to be a passion connect there. And you have done that in your books. And it's because you've been intentional it's because I, I believe you had a clear vision of who the book was going to speak to and who needed to speak to those people to help them understand that the book was going to be helpful in their journey. And that takes intentionality. That's why it takes a village to write a nonfiction <laughs> memoir. It's so much work involved in intentionality because you're creating it to minister to people's lives. And I know everybody that writes a book goes through that and all this intentionality and hard work, but it really is worth the effort when you get it 
finished. And that book opens doors. This first book, Finding True Freedom, over 60 interviews, including the Crystal Cathedral, which had a viewing audience of 25 million people at that time. And then this other book has had had over 80 interviews. Mm -hmm. And I'm still doing interviews today. And it was released a little over three years ago. Right. We can have evergreen content in our books to be able to extend interviews, to be able to reach audiences that we may not have the ability to reach on our own. And it comes through endorsements that are intentional. It comes through endorsers who bring a different perspective that's not necessarily what your book is bringing, but it's related to it. And it's also from endorsers who can validate and in the process help to market the book. That's who we need to be looking for. And how do we find them? Start praying as soon as God gives you that book idea. Start praying, Father, open doors and close doors. Help me to find the exact person who needs to read these words that they can help be a catalyst to market, to validate, to move my content into the hands of those that will be blessed for God's kingdom. That's what we want to do. And it's going to be people who know people that we don't know. And it's also going to be people that God places in our path. And as we found with Jenny's content, it's people that were in her path on her journey. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't ever be afraid to ask. Sometimes we don't have because we haven't. If God places a book on your heart, folks, he's going to have some stuff lined up. You just have to follow through, find, uh, follow some of the guidelines here and be persistent. Always good. <laughs> Always good. You have brought us so much, Jenny. Thank you for sharing your story, for sharing your insight and also quality content. That's so important for us as writers is you've given us tips, but you've given us examples. And these are examples that have worked in your writing. It's not just a, oh, this might work. No, these did work. What we do is we take what we can out of what you've shared with us. We see how it applies to our writing and then we hit the ground running with it. Thank you for everything that you have brought to us. I would like to offer to our listeners just a peek behind your personal curtain, your first time guest here on Your Best Writing Life. I'd invite you, if you would, share something that our listeners may not know about you. Oh, for sure they wouldn't know. And it's hard for me to believe And looking back. But in 1997, I came very, very close to ending up in prison in the Middle East. I was representing the mission board of the Southern Baptist Convention as a trustee, and I was coming across the border in a country named Yemen, and I had smuggled five Bibles behind my undergarments that were in Arabic, and that was against the law. And when the plane landed and we crossed into customs, they didn't stop anybody. Over 300 people went by. I'm the only person that they stopped, and my luggage was marked to be opened. One piece of luggage had all these medical supplies for the hospital I was going to. And the other piece of luggage, of course, had my personal things and those five Arabic Bibles, which were against the law in that country. And so I began to sweat 
And I looked at the area director off to the side and they were already looking to the heavens and praying. And I realized I was kind of in trouble. And I kept thinking, you know, what can I say if they find the Bibles? And I thought, maybe I'll just say, oh, are they Arabic? I didn't know. They look Greek to me. Or I might say, well, would you like one? It's a free gift today. I mean, what am I going to say if I get caught? Well, they went through every part of my suitcase, every compartment, every zipper, and they got to that one place where my undergarments were. And that man just stopped, closed my suitcase, and then the ministry official came to deal with the medical supplies and they said, welcome to Yemen. Thank you for all your organization has done and no taxes on the medical supplies. And I mean, I breathed, I was sweating bullets. I breathed a mm-hmm. sigh of relief. And 10 days later, I was in a Yemeni prison because the missionaries were doing ministry in the prison. And I looked at them, I said, I never would have made it in here. They have people on top of each other. You can't even lie down without lying down on someone or sit down without wow. touching someone. And I was like... I'm claustrophobic. I could not have made it in this prison. And the Lord knew that. But you would never know that sweet little Pollyanna almost ended up in prison. (laughs) Well, folks, it just goes to show you. If you want things hidden, put them behind your your Uh, intimate garments. I mean, (laughs) it's going to, you know, (laughs) people won't look through some of that stuff. So especially if you're out in public. So what a great place to hide it. God was absolutely looking out for you. He was. And you're right. He knew that this prison is not where you would be doing your best. (laughs) And so I'm so glad that he saved you from that. And what an amazing story. Great story. Folks, we have got all the links to both the books that uh, Jenny has written Unleash Your God-Given Healing, Eight Steps to Prevent and Survive Cancer, and also Finding True Freedom from the White House to the World. We've got the links there. I encourage you, go out, take a look at the books. They're amazing. And also links to where you can find her in her social media, her website. And she's making available a free download, and it is her Tips for Reducing Risk for Breast Cancer. Jenny, thank you so much for being here with us on Your Best Writing Life. Thank you, Linda. I enjoyed it. And such a blessing to have you here. Thank you, friends. Thank you for joining us. Please take a moment to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating, post an episode review, and hit that subscribe button. I greatly appreciate what you have to say as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on your best writing life.